wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not too much, Andrew. What's going on with you? I've had a few weeks off because I was on vacation. Yeah, and I actually have been under the weather, so I haven't done any car stuff in those few weeks. So it's been quite a few weeks of uh, being busy at work and not feeling well as far as when I'm home. Not uh, not very productive for an automotive podcast. Well, I did some cool stuff on vacation. So That's good. That's good. There also to be a really short episode. Uh, well, we talked about a while back that I was going to the Nürburgring to do some laps. And that's what I did. So that was like awesome. That was like the beginning of the vacation. We went, flew out on a Monday afternoon and it's like an overnight flight. So we get there the next day. It was like 11 in the morning. My wife and I and my son, we flew into Frankfurt. So Frankfurt, this also kind of serve as a, if you want to go to the Nürburgring and you've never been before, I started to write this up for our website too. I'll link this episode. So basically Frankfurt is the closest airport. It's like an hour and a half drive from Frankfurt to the Nürburgring. So we did that. Uh, rented a car from the Frankfurt airport. It was just like a, uh, a five. It's the sedan. That's a hatchback Audi. A three. No, like a sedan hatchback not and i had this exact same confusion with the guy at the rental counter i was like is it a wagon so like a five door he's like no a hatch it's like uh okay it's a fastback sedan right yeah bmw calls it a grand coupe yeah <laughs> but it's an a5 so just i don't and whatever it's it's a sedan i think i think the, the a5 in the states has a trunk though okay Oh, no, there's a Sportback. A5 Sportback. That's what you had. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. So it was a four-liter, six-cylinder, whatever. Um, it drove nice. The only thing that's weird was the automatic. Uh, so, okay, normal automatic, right? The Prindle. You push it all the way forward. You're in park, right? Yeah. Normal. Totally normal. That's the way it should be. That's the way it's been for like 100 years. Uh this one you push it forward it's reverse and it has a park button instead yeah so, that's more common now than than you would how think. is that legal it is so dangerous i put the car in reverse so many times when i thought it was in park 
Like I literally put yeah. it in reverse and went to get out of the car and I felt it jolt. Seppi was like, I put it in park because you hit the button on me. Yeah, I don't think there's a law about that because there is different systems out there. I remember a few years ago, wasn't there a Hollywood actor who was killed by a Jeep for a very similar situation? It was the Jeep or Durango the with the dumb turn the dial turn dial thing. Yeah, which is still a thing. I know a lot of, you know, I work at a Ford dealer right now and a lot of Fords have a turn dial as well still. But for a long time, the reason why the Prindle is in the order it's in is for safety. That was an issue for early on. Yeah. I don't because know if it goes, or not. Because it has to go, like, the way that's set up is you go from park, right? It's park, reverse, neutral, drive. So, yep. like, neutral is in between for a reason. Sure. But yeah. going back to the first Prius, that's when I first remember, or the, the, first, the first redesign of the Prius. That's when I remember them going to a park button. Those cars had a park button. I, I suppose if you shut the car off, it goes automatically into park. But like, I don't think so. Uh, it should. If you just turn the car off, it should just auto default to park. And I think that's yeah, where's the park I, button. It's on the actual handle itself, right? Yeah. So I, I yeah. think the intention is that you just pull into those spot shut the car off and it just goes into park you don't think about it but like if you leave the car running because you have people in the car uh, and you want the ac to run like i went inside of a rest stop while stephanie sat in the car because marco was sleeping yeah right it's like annoying and like I, it, so your choice is you either let them die in a hot car or die in a car accident with nobody in the driver's seat yeah it's like a dumb annoying <laughs> new car thing that I don't understand why they changed it. Yeah. There's no standardization on shifter controls in modern cars. And I, again, I drive, you know, I drive a lot of Fords being a Ford dealer, but we fix other cars too. And, you know, I drive any number of different cars in a day and yeah, I find myself having to pay attention to what I'm doing as far as putting a car in park. But generally for years and years and years, the most Ford position is park. And yeah, even until until that Prius, I can't think of a car that had a park button. And even the car I rented, I'll get to it, to drive the Nurburgring was a Golf GTI with the, with the DSG all the way yep. forward park. Yeah, same family as the Audi. Yeah, totally different setup. Which also I noticed that you know even in in the Fords I was just talking about, like some have a rotary dial, some have a shifter, some have a just there's no consistency to any of it. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we rented that car. It's a decent car. Um, Autobahn? Sure. I don't know. The sections that go towards the Nürburgring, there's only a few unrestricted sections. It's like, okay, cool. You can do like, I think I had the car up to like 130. Like, all right. The only thing that's cool hey, is like you only want to go so fast because you're driving an unfamiliar car with your family in it. <laughs> it's a brand new car. It's no big deal. Um, but like, and it wasn't raining or anything. Uh, you know, it's the only thing that's nice is that people really respect the drive right and like you know, just hang out in the left lane. No, no. You cannot do that at all. You'll get pulled over for it, and people will be up your ass anyways if Good. you're not going fast enough. 
Like I literally didn't check the mirror for like a second. And then all of a sudden somebody was behind me with high beams. I was like, okay, I was getting ready to move over, but chill. And then they just had to, and then it was like, cause it was kind of silly. It goes from like unrestricted to like restricted, like 130 kilometers an hour. Like right after that, you're like, all right, it's kind of dumb, but. And then the guy passed you and he went, looked at you and went stupid American and kept driving. Yeah, I guess. I don't more, know how you would tell, likely. but. <clears throat> I know how you could tell. You were driving slow in the left lane. <laughs> in a rental car. <laughs> I mean, I was I was still going over like pretty fast, just not fast enough. Oh, now, now you sound like a typical left lane hog in America. Hey, I was over the speed limit. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. But anyway, that's like whatever. I, I don't know. I don't get the appeal, but. Well, I get the appeal because people, the discipline is good, but like, it's not like the thing to see in Germany. So sure. Anyway, it's, 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 it's an aside, but it's not the most important thing. No. So anyway, we get to the Nürburgring, which is actually kind of in a pretty countryside area of Germany. And, uh, we're there like the afternoon I was driving the next day. So the tourist drives, for that day didn't start to like five thirty in the evening, which is kind of crazy. And it was only like for like two hours. For whatever reason, the track was closed earlier in the day. I don't know why there's different reasons. They close it. Manufacturers have time. There's other stuff going on. Um, so anyway, we, we first went to the, the main building. It's like the big, it's part of the big complex near the F1 circuit. So there's the F1 circuit. That was built in the eighties and then the north side the the north loop, which is the the Nurburgring that everybody thinks of. Okay. Which, which was built in nineteen twenty seven. Which is what they call Nordschleife. Yeah. That's North Loop. Yep. Uh there was actually uh a, another like a southern section that was supposed to be built, and then they just decided not to do that. Which is kind of crazy. I actually meant to look up why, because like I went, so we went into the main building. They have ring works, which is, there's like a go-kart. There's like a whole experience center in there, but they have a really cool museum. So like, well, let's go check out the museum. Uh, and they had some cool, like a ton of cool cars in display. Um, some interactive exhibits. They had one that was like the history of the Nürburgring, but it wasn't maybe it was in German. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> like it wasn't, in, it definitely wasn't in English. So <laughs> it's like kind of lost on me. I was just had to look at the pictures, but it was like in this thing. And like, it like spun you around on this rotating thing. And it had like projections of them. Like it had like fake trees and like it started, they were like cutting the trees down and then making the track. And then it went all the way up to the point of, uh, Nikki Lauda's accident and like that is when after his accident that was when Formula One stopped going to the Nürburgring the north the north loop and that's why they had to build the the better circuit the more the safer circuit the F1 circuit in the 80s uh, so that was really cool there was like some weird like I guess there used to be like tourist buses in like the 60s through like the 70s 
that went around the Nurburgring? Yeah. Okay. They're like these like open top like glass buses. Uh, so they had like a like a it was like a motion ride of in one of those. It was like kind of goofy and weird, but it was like it was starting, and I was walking by. I was like, I'll just walk in and do it. I'll just look. Sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll just go through it. But it was like a weird like kids ride type thing. I don't know. But the cars in there were pretty interesting. They had a lot of old, uh, a lot of older cars with history to them. Um, I saw a bunch of like seventies and eighties touring cars in the yep. pictures you sent, which is like our main love. <laughs> yeah, and it was cool because they had every all the explainers for the exhibits were both in German and English, so I could read them and understand them. And it had like there was one room that had the Nurburgring through like the decades with particular cars that were important to that decade. They had a safety car on display, all that cool stuff. It was, um, yeah, it's a very cool like museum. It's a good way to kill like an hour or so. Um, and then they have like, so it looks like the South circuit was completed and it was used until 1971. Sure. Yeah. Probably, I, yeah, I was. I know it was like abandoned or something at some point. Uh, last race, last official race is a Formula Three race in October of seventy one, and in seventy five until seventy five, it was still used for tourist rides. Yeah, now it, most of it still exists, but it's just part of the public road network out there, and it's not actually a circuit anymore. Yeah, so. it makes sense. Yep. So that's the thing. Here's the thing. So, like, right, we've you play the Nurburgring in video games. That's really how we were exposed to sure. it, right? What you don't realize when you get there, I mean, you see it on paper. You're like, yes, it's 20 kilometers long, which is like 12 miles or so. Um, it doesn't, it's hard to understand the actual scale of that because it goes through the countryside like there's entire towns that are inside of it. In the middle of the Nurburgring? Yes. Okay. We think of the infield of a racetrack, you think of like the pits and where the 18 wheelers park. You don't think of like towns with full infrastructure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's whole towns. Like we went to an Aldi that is in you can stand in the parking lot of the Aldi and look and see the racetrack. Um, and then from there, like we ate at this little bistro that's like just off the edge of the track. And then when we were done, I walked up some stairs into a spectator area and you just see part of the track. It was like, okay, it's just like, it's just the way it is. That's cool though. It's very cool. You're a car person living in that town. You can just at any given time, just go watch race cars. Yeah, and there's always like some cool cars driving around. Like the car spotting is awesome. There's some older stuff. It's mostly a lot more modern stuff as you would expect, but there are some, there's some cool old stuff kicking around. Yeah, um, you were sending a lot of pictures along during the time you were there, and there was definitely a lot of cool stuff like that Capri or yep. some Opals and all kinds of cool stuff. It's mostly German, mostly European stuff. Saw, you know, a few Japanese things. Um, 
yeah, it's just like a super, super cool area. So, you know, that was like the first like day we were there. Um, and then I started, my track day was supposed to start at eight the next day, but I had to go down and go to the car rental place like an hour early and they're only like 10 minutes from the track. It was ring freaks is the name of the company. There's a bunch of companies you can rent cars from, but we've, we had a couple of friends that have rented from these ring freaks people. So I did the same and, uh, it was a, I think it was a 18 or something or 17 golf GTI. So a Mark seven with a, G, a DSG and full cage completely stripped from the rear, the seats back. Uh, panels were like, like were cut so they could fit around the cage, but then they put like carbon so that the, everything was covered. Like really, really nicely built race car. Yeah, it didn't look hacked at all, that's for sure. No. Um, and, you know, I went in there, the guy was super nice. I paid for, apparently I overpaid by accident. He's like, oh, I'll just figure it out at the end of the day. Whatever you don't use, we'll just credit you back. I was like, all right, that's fair. That worked out in the end anyways, because I'll get to it. I ended up hiring the instructor for another five laps because I originally only hired him for the first five laps. Sure. So, uh, So that's where I met my instructor, Thomas who's goes by ring instructor or ring ring instructor on Instagram. He's been a race car driver for a long time. He drove the 24 hours of Nürburgring a bunch of times. Um, so I followed him over. First of all, it was very, very foggy this morning that we were doing it. So I followed him over towards where you get on and get off the track, which is that very famous car park that you probably see in YouTube videos. The Devil's Diner is over there. Um, With all the good cars in it. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we pulled in at like before the track was open, like 730. Nobody in there. So we just parked in that main lot that you'll see on YouTube. Uh, we were waiting there. Um, he's like, I don't know. He's like the track. He's like, it might not open at eight because there's heavy fog. He's like, it's not foggy where we are, but there's parts of the track that are in fog and they won't open the track for a tourist day if there's fog because people will just crash. Right. So we ended up waiting like an hour. Um, and we went into the ring the, uh, devil's diner and there was like, I don't know, like a 15 euro limit or something to use a debit card and we we're getting breakfast. I was like, oh, I'll just buy yours, Thomas. So, and then it was funny. He must, <laughs> he like brought me over to this table and there was Meanwhile, like the tracks the tracks wide open. He's just getting free breakfast out of you. No, 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 it wasn't open. But, <laughs> I know. Just... Uh, no, he had his picture on the wall. I was like, oh, this must, this is like his table. I'm like, oh, that's funny, right? That's funny. Yeah, it's like him is with a race car, which is like an E46 uh, GTR, I think. It was like the race car version okay. of the E46. Yeah, M3 CSL or GTR yeah, with the wide fenders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really cool. So we're kind of talking about track days. 
and oh, I should go back to when I was picking up the car, and uh, the guy Ray at Ring Freaks was kind of asking me about my experience level. I was like, oh, I've done track days in the U.S. and did a bunch of autocross, and he's like, you're not a Miata driver, are you? I was like, no. He's like, okay, yeah. Good. I was like, why not? He's like, ah. He's like, don't tell anyone you do autocross either. I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, we also don't like Miata drivers. I was like, why? Okay. He's like, well, they go too hard and they crash a lot. And I was like, okay. That's fair, I guess. All right. That's fair. Well, I, I, again, the the Miata driving autocross person is kind of a meme in itself, right? In the car community. like Yeah. So I, I I get it, and no no disrespect or hate from me. I, I obviously I autocross with you all the time, and uh, I've also driven Miatas. So, but I get where he's coming from. But I was like, yeah. He's like, well, he's like, here's the thing: you do 20 minute sessions in the U.S. And I was like, yeah, probably the only track you've ever heard of is Lime Rock, because that's the only track I can think of that's a famous track. Sure, all the, all the other local tracks here would not be world famous, right? No, no, absolutely not. And he's like, yeah, you do 20 minute sessions. I was like, yep. He's like, well, that's two laps. I was like, right. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, I didn't really think of it that way. That is. He's like, so you probably do like two at a time. And then, you know, take your time. He's like, you might be done. Because I was like, how many does 10 laps take? He's like, you might be done by like lunchtime. He's like, depends on the traffic, depends on if the track, the course is open. All right, cool. So now we're back. We're eating breakfast. We're waiting. It's getting close to like uh, at a certain point, they said that they would open the track at 850. Like, all right, cool. So now we're outside. We're waiting. It's getting close. Uh, Talking to to Thomas and just kind of going over stuff. And he's kind of explaining to me how it's going to go. And um, people are starting to like queue up more cars are starting to come in and I mean, just a ton of like nine 11s, like, like modern nine 11s, like GT three RSs. Sure. I uh, bet they crashed just as much as Miata driver, just as much as Miata drivers. Oh yeah. Oh, the guy Thomas was funny. He's like, ah, oh, he's like, just, he's like these nine 11 drivers. They're just like, he's like, they're constantly checking tire pressure. That's like all they do. He's like, it's their hobby. Check tire pressure. Yeah. <laughs> And he he drives like a Clio. He's like, okay, and it w- and I bet he's like insanely fast in it. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, he's got a lot of experience at that one track yeah. as well. So he's like, you don't need a lot of horsepower to go fast here. I'm like, all right, we're on the same we're on the same page here. Sure. Um, so it's it's cool because like it's all it's like really really well set up. There's boards that it's like it's like an LED board. Uh, like a, but like an LED like screen, like a TV screen. Um, and it's like track closed, and it's like flashing red. And then all of a sudden, there's like boop, like a a sound and like an announcement, and then in German and then in English, and it's like the track is open for tourist drives. And you're like, okay, cool. And it's like turns green, and like everybody like jumps in their cars, and you like go around the car park. And it's only one way. Uh, and boy, people are really occasionally people would go the wrong way. And it's just like real bad shaming when they go the wrong way. Breaking the rules in the parking lot already. Yeah. Not a good sign. So you like 
go around the corner. There's three gates. Uh, and it's actually, it's just an RFID card. I think it was actually like before it was like tolls. Like you would put euros in. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it a pre- now it's a prepaid card. You swipe it. The gate opens. The three lanes kind of merge in. You've got one mm-hmm. lane. It goes in. Goes through like a little cone chicane. And he's like, yep, you're out of the cones. Floor it. You're good. Just go. And um, I'm actually uploading the first, very first lap ever on YouTube, just that lap. So I'll try to post it, a link to it with this episode. Um, It's pretty wild, man. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm trying to get used to like, how this guy is like, I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? So like this guy's an instructor, like you don't know, he doesn't know me. <laughs> like, No, not at all. Like, man, that's pretty brave. You're just getting the right seat with someone. And I assume this isn't like a driver's ed car with a, pe- a brake pedal on his side. Oh, no. So. Nope. Yeah. No, but uh, he was like, I am going to, he's like, just so you know, I am going to like touch the wheel. I'm like, if I need to, I'm like, all right. And he would, he would like reach out and like kind of push the wheel and correct me. And I was okay. like, yeah, that's fine with it. It wasn't, he wasn't like grabbing the wheel. He was just kind of like gently like pushing it or, you know, if I needed a little tighter, the apex or whatever. But, um, first lap was a little, a little scary, a little intimidating. Well, it's intimidating. I'm sure. Yeah. It's a big place. I, well, yeah. You don't want to like, there's like ways to go on the track and like, I don't know. I just I had the instructor because I didn't want to like just bin it in the first lap because. Yeah, exactly. The, the thing <laughs> is, if you damage the Armco, it is a thousand euro per meter. Yeah, and you're not going to damage a meter. You're going to damage a lot of meters because you're moving in a car. Yeah. And you have to pay that to them like right away. Like they'll they they basically the tow trucks are they'll come out. And they basically get the strap set up that they use on the cup cars now. Yep. The, 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 like the beam and the straps, they just strap it through the wheels and then take the car away. And then I think they'll just sit with you until you pay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's like, that's the other thing. There are places, I don't even know how to like describe the first lap. It's like, you know, I was going sort of fast. He was timing. You're not supposed to time, right? But people do. Okay. You're not supposed to film either, but people do. Because the right the Ring Freaks car is all set up with a, a name, Smarty Cam, and telemetry. So that's how I got all the videos. Sure. But that's also for them, too. If somebody Something comes in front of me and I smashed yeah. into them, it would show I, I wasn't like necessarily at fault. Right. Or if I drove off and curbed two wheels and it's like, okay, well, clearly you were wrong. So now we have to, you have to pay us for the damage of the car. Right. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, we get going. So on a tourist day, your time is called a bridge to gantry time. So you start at the bridge. It, I think it says Audi right now. Uh, or maybe that's the gantry. Maybe they both do. It changes. Um, so he started the timer. And we were going. I mean, I did all right. I got, I thought he was like 
pretty happy at the end. He's like, oh, you're already under 10 minutes. He's like, that's good. He's like, most people that rent this car are like over 10 minutes their first time. And he's like, you want to go fast? So we're going to go faster. I'm like, all right. He's like, I can tell you can go faster. So we did like, the cool thing is too, so you can't, you know, they have that gap in the middle so you don't have people getting on with other people at speed. So they basically cut out the main straight. But what they've done is instead of having to get off and go through the parking lot again, if you want to go again, they just have a gate that's over to the left on the straightaway. Like a bypass. Yeah, you can just, you can just uh, like buzz in or whatever. And then you can just merge back in with the traffic that's coming from the other gates. Okay. Just go again. So we did three laps in a row, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's um, a lot of time. It's a half hour. So yeah, um, kept getting a little faster, faster, faster. Um, a little smoother. There are places. Uh, there's one particular place with this car. Uh, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. It's like. It's like Plants Garden 1 is the corner. And I have a picture of it. I posted to Instagram. The car was light. I don't know what lap that picture is from. But I definitely, there was definitely times where I'd come up. Because it's it's like a, it's literally a jump into a right-hand corner. The car's airborne. The car's airborne. Like, even if you lift before, as he was telling me to do, it's like a kicker. And it, like, kicks the car up. And then just slams down. Like there was a couple times it hit pretty hard. So I must have been like really four wheels off. Right. And then you're in the brakes hard. And there was a couple of times where it was like, I think the one time I really scared him was I was really late on the brakes and the ABS kicked in. And we're just, I just had the car going straight because I didn't want to turn the wheel. And I could see sure. it was like, he was a little nervous. He's like, oh, that was a little late. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, your entry speed is pretty high for some of these. I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you're the instructor, man. Tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would like kind of understeer a little bit. And he's like, you don't need to understeer. I'm like, okay, I, I'm just used to like G20 is like kind of slow. And sometimes it just understeers even when you're kind of going a little bit fast. It's just way front okay. wheel drive. I'm just used to front wheel drive cars understeering a little bit. Sure. Sometimes the limit. He's like, no, no, no. You can, when he like, says you don't understeer, like you don't really have a choice. The car's got to understeer or not. No, because it, I don't know, the way he showed me, and maybe this will help me in my track days at here, but he was like, he's like, you don't have to turn it as tight. You can, he's like, you can just let the car ride out to the edges. Like, I wasn't, I was not using the whole track like I should have. Okay. But so by turning too tight, you were causing it to plow. Yeah. Okay. Which I, maybe I'm doing that on my normal track days. So. I'll have to check it out next time I do a track day. Um, it's good to have someone who knows how to drive really well go with you occasionally. Yeah, of course. It's, it's just like anything. You you think you're good at something until you meet somebody who's really good at it. So the other thing that's interesting, too, is the carousel turns. Okay, I was going to ask about those. Uh, they're, like, really hard to get right in video games. Because you the the speed is, like hard to judge so that's the other thing so we've done this track a lot in video games right it's sure but what you definitely don't get from a video game is the elevation change 
and the G-forces. Because it does not seem like there's that much of an elevation change when you're playing the video game. There is a ton of elevation change on this track. Not as much as Palmer, but like a good amount. And so back to the carousel, when you're going into it, like he was showing me the line, you're like the first one, you're like way out to the outside, hard on the brakes, and you cut over, and there's a point where you entry, and then you just hold the speed. And it's interesting because, and I've got pictures of it, you can see the car is basically full compression. And it's like almost porpoising across the, because it's like different sections of concrete. And then you like kind of jump out of it at the end and you just keep going. And, but he was like, he's like, whatever you do, he's like, stay in it. He's like, and hold the speed. He's like, don't go out of it once you're in it. Cause it's like okay. a three meter drop. Jesus. If you go over the lip, you know, it's like a skateboard bowl. Sure. That's like nine feet. Yeah. He's like, it's not good. He's like, don't do it. I only had to to take the exit around it once because we were just getting, we were about to get freight trained by like three 911s and they were just right right at my butt. Uh, He was funny about that too. He's like, he's like, next time he's like, we just go in front of them. He's like, they just wait. They just get their next lap. I'm like, okay. And, uh, oh, that was the other, I was asking, I'm like, do you do like point buys? Do you do, he's like, no. Don't do any of that. <laughs> we don't do that here. So how do they pass? Just whenever they hit safe? Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. you just you watch your mirrors and somebody might high beam you and you just pull to the right. You don't even let off. I was like, do you let off? He's like, no. So you just foot flat. He's like, the 911 comes up behind you. He's like, they have 500 horsepower or whatever they have. They have so much power. You just make them work for it. It's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, so overtaking is pretty pretty interesting. So I wasn't really it was really like 911s would overtake me, modern M cars, but other stuff like more pedestrian, we were overtaking them, which is pretty crazy. Uh Well, I mean a like, GTI, like a like a Mark is that a Mark 7 Mark GTI? 7. It's not a slow car. No. Um but like there's also bikes motorcycles true like i'd overtake a motorcycle uh and i i definitely without the added confidence of having someone who knows what they're doing i would have been frightened to overtake people but he's like no no just he's like they'll stick to the right he's like you just go he's like those are the rules to what he does um and sure enough when there's enough space you just He's like, don't, he's like, just go. He's like, he's like, they're not going to let off. You just keep going. Like, all right. I mean, you could, you could get past mid corner. It's kind of crazy, but all passing is done on the left. Um, cause there are people watching. And if you, if you pass someone on the right, you will get booted. So, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of rule you need to have to make a successful track event. Like, especially something happens like track events happen every single day. So they definitely have to have rules they follow or else it would just be chaos. Well, that's the thing. It's not even like 
it's just a tourist day. So like you might come across a van or a SUV or something or someone in a convertible that's just like cruising along and they'll just stick to the right. Uh, or <clears throat> so like the first three laps we did, they were pretty open. Um, and then it got a little bit busier towards lunchtime. There were some caution sectors where people went off. That's interesting. So they'll put flaggers out. So as soon as you see the flag, you slow down, throw your hazards on. Um, and you try to go like, I think it's supposed to be around like 50 kilometers an hour. You go pretty slow because uh, there'll be like people, tow trucks, whatever. And then when you get beyond that, then it's just open again. You can just go. But like, so it's like point, a just like it's a 24 hour Lamai. You watch, they have like the yellow sectors. Yes, but well, did you watch track. any of the Nurburgring 24 hours? I did not, no. So, what was blowing people's minds is that some people didn't realize that. So, like during Lamai 24 hour, they do not do this, but during the Nurburgring 24 hour, because the track is so big and well. I mean, Circuit de la Sarth, right, is like eight and a half miles. It's a pretty big track. Uh, Nürburgring, they combine with the Formula One track for the 24 hours. So it's huge. Um, it would be ridiculous to try to, like, do pace car, right? You couldn't do it. So they, okay. they just have, like, yellow sectors. But during the actual race they'll have a tow truck in the right with a car on it exiting the track that wrecked and cars passing at speed. So the the same thing happens during the tourist day. Like the car, like we came up on a couple of like service vehicles. He's like, no, you just overtake them. They'll stick to the right. You just overtake it. Like cars. There's like a car with a, a, a truck with a tow, you know, a tow truck with a car in the back. He's like, no, they'll, they'll just stick to the right. It's not a slow zone. Just go by them. What? That's hard to get used to, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even on the interstate here, we slow down when there's yellow flashing lights and tow truck. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. So. That's cool, though. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, maybe jealous isn't the right word, but definitely envious that you got to go. Um, I definitely would love to someday make that trip myself because it sounds like a really fun time. It's definitely a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, you know, I figured... If I'd only do it once, if I only get a chance to do it once, I'll do 10 laps. Uh, I did the first five, and then I was like, it was around lunchtime. I was like, all right, I need some time to, like, relax. Plus, the car every five laps said to fill it. So uh, it had a, it had a quarter of a tank after five laps. Okay. Which is atrocious mileage, but whatever. Oh, well, you're foot to the floor the whole time, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it's there's a gas station right there that you like go over and fill it up and everything. Then, and then that gas station is cool too. Cause it also has a car park with a bunch of people just hanging out in it with cool cars. It's just basically like a bunch of cars and coffees all around the entire area every day, all day when this tourist days. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty good spot. And the weather the gas station have a huge markup because at, at Nürburgring. Uh, honestly, I think it was like, I didn't really look too hard. I think it was maybe a dollar eighty a a liter. Well, a euro. How many liters in a gallon? Four. 
That's not too bad then. Yeah, for like 98 Ron, whatever they call it there. I, I feel like That's I feel like I filled the more car than two here. And it was like 50 or 60 euro. Okay. Which makes sense because if I fill my golf with premium here, it's like 40 to 50 bucks. Well, 50 euros is like 55 bucks right now, right? Because it's pretty close. Yeah, it's like 55, 60. So it's pretty close. Like uh, it wasn't, it didn't strike me as very expensive. No, no. I expected a lot more. Like I, I could look. Maybe it was seventy or it wasn't. Because when we were in Portugal in 2018, I filled up that Renault Clio, and that was a hundred euro. Sure, that seemed excessive, but this was not. This was not over a hundred. I kind of hmm. wasn't paying attention because I kind of didn't care. It's like, yeah, I mean, what, what, yeah. What are you gonna do? Not fill it up at that point? Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. I guess. <coughs> Again, it's a once in a lifetime thing. You pay. Excuse me. You pay whatever you need to pay to do it. Yeah. Um, so it didn't really matter to me. I. And then, what it reminded me of was when we went to the Tale of Dragon. Okay. Like same kind of vibe, right? There's just like people are around, cool cars, bikes, people just hanging around. Enthusiast like doing enthusiast things. That's like the closest thing I can equate it to. But like the Tale of the Dragons is an actual public road. Right. And it's like, still rules. Yeah. Like that's the only difference where once you get on the track, there is there's definitely no police. Like and there's no restrictions on speed unless there's a yellow flag out. Sure. The rules are basically get out of the way. Don't cause an accident. Be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool place and there's a lot of good car spotting. You'll see, you know, they've got, there's a lot of manufacturer facilities there. I saw some camoed up Range Rover that they were probably doing. It looked like a high performance one because it was lower and had like sort of like body kit stuff. It was hard to tell with all the camo on it. Sure. Uh, Hyundai's got their new M like has an N center there now. Which is interesting which so makes like, sense because they're trying to like go hard on that performance thing and yeah they've got their, their own their main engineer came from m so yeah they've got their own ring taxi so like when you think of the original yeah when you think of the, like the original ring taxi it was like just bmws but now always M5, has their own. Yeah. yeah and there's also 911 one that you could you could like rent um i end up putting so there's lots of different ways to enjoy the nurburgring even if you're not going to drive yeah, we, I put Stephanie in the Hyundai one because I just wanted okay. her to like experience the track because she was with Marco all day. All day. Sure. Um, they tried to go to the Harbo factory, and then like gummy bears. Realize, yeah, because only like an hour away, and then didn't realize that there was some like holiday, and it was closed. Oh no! So, like a government holiday. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. So I got, you know, lunchtime, I filled up the car with gas and then I was sitting in the parking lot. I was like, I need to just like chill for like 20, 30 minutes here just to like the adrenaline dump. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like, you know what? 
I'm just going to hire Thomas for another five laps. I was like, I really don't like five was not enough for me to be confident. Just go out there and do it and do it fast or like to have enough fun. Like it wasn't since I had overpaid apparently I was like, well, I think it was only like 200 euro to have him for five laps. Okay. I was like, I'll just get him for another five laps. Um, and I would definitely recommend it for somebody doing it for the first time to hire the instructor. I, I feel like I got more out of it. Because well, I think you would, because I feel like if you did it by yourself, not only do you not have somebody else in the car to like tell you what you're doing right or wrong, you have really no way to know where you even need to improve. Or to like know what to do, what not to do. Like there are places where I definitely was lifting on the first like lap or so. And he's like, no, just flat. He's like, flat, flat, flat. Like, just go I'm like, okay. And then towards like the end of it, like the last couple laps when we had open track, I mean, we were cooking. It was like, wow, it was, I never had that feeling on any track day. Maybe the last time I was at Lime Rock where I got into a groove because I'm used to Lime Rock where you're linking stuff and you get that sure. sort of like tunnel vision where you're actually going really quick. Um, but you know, I'm watching some of the videos. I hit 200 kilometers, which is like 125 miles an hour, which I've only ever hit like 110. You might hit 110 on the straights here on the track. Sure. For like at 200 few, k's fast for like, mm, like 10 seconds, right? The, Cause the, the laps here for tracks are like two minutes here. You're doing, when you hit the line, right? You're doing 125 miles an hour for like a kilometer. That's crazy. Yeah. It's also why it, you use three quarters of a tank of gas in five laps. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that was what was like worth it to me was the, like somebody pushing you to actually get like, good speed i mean we end up doing it wasn't my last lap but one of the later ones i had like my best bridge to gantry time was like a 906 so i, I literally improved by like a minute or 50 that's a seconds significant a significant amount of time that's a tenth better like, and not a tenth of a second like one tenth better he was like oh you're doing... pretty fast i was like well you probably said everyone he's like no no, no. he's like He's like, no, that's that's decently fast in this car. He's like, I he's like, I have slow people, and it's like I tell them you should get a different hobby. Like <laughs> This isn't for you. I feel no, like that'd be my experience. He'd be like, Yeah, get a different hobby. I well, I think I mean, you know how to go fast. I mean, what with somebody that's like telling you give you the confidence to go fast. Sure. And we talked about it at the end, like he's like, you know, that was good. He's like, those are good laps. Those were like safe laps. Like you were quick, but that was like within the safe margin. Like you could go faster, but you might be like in the wall potentially. Outside of safe. Yeah. I was like, no, that felt really good. I I, I had a good day. I didn't throw the car on the wall. I didn't break the car. So it didn't cost me an extra money that way. Yeah, exactly. That or embarrassment. Yeah. Um. No, I would, it was definitely worth it um, to have him. I didn't notice, you know, 
get like their other cars they have are BMWs and they've got full manuals. Like I, I get the romanticism of driving a manual, like, cause that's my thing. But like I was talking to the instructor and I was like, when I'm on a track day, like I'm usually in third and fourth, that's it. Like I don't really shift that much. It's either the cars either in third or sometimes I go to fourth. Sure. And then on the straight and then maybe I go back to third. Like it's not, he's like, yeah, you don't really need, He's like, the DSG is fine. He's like, then it doesn't, you can't over rev the engine. Well, on top of it, the five speed or six speed or whatever speed on a public road is more fun because you're not just 10 tenths all the time. You need something else to engage you. Whereas on a racetrack, you know, that's, that's the best case scenario for a DSG car because you're not concentrating on shifting all the time and you're not going from a dead stop. You just, like you said, you're in third or fourth or fifth and sixth. And, and that's really it. So it doesn't actually add a lot to be actually manually shifting the car. I've never driven one with a DSG. Well, that was the other reason why I picked the Mark seven was because I drive a Mark seven. So I was used to like where everything was a little familiarity. Yeah. I've never driven with the, with the DSG. I don't know if this one was sloppy and like hurt from being driven hard. Cause it, kind of felt a little weird but i don't know otherwise car sim like pretty great yeah again the dsg is it's fine as a transmission i wouldn't want one myself no i don't want one every day but yeah for us only doing track days with it probably fine yeah probably just fine i know like ie makes like tunes for him for, for the dsg that you have to like if 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 I had a DSG and the stage one tune I did, I would also have to do the DSG tune for it. Sure to keep it up, maybe keep up with it. But uh, I don't know. It was like it was a really cool experience. I I really recommend it for anyone that if you can afford it, it wasn't cheap. You know, it was like around probably like twenty two hundred US. Okay. But again, as a once in a lifetime kind of experience goes, that's. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, if we're talking about trading like physical things for experiences. Right. You know, it's a pretty good one. Um, You know, it's not like I could bring a car to the Durberg Ring. I don't live on the same continent. So. Sure. If you could bring your own car, it certainly would be a lot cheaper. You cannot use a rental car in Germany on the Durberg Ring. Like a rent, like a normal rental car, you mean? Yeah. Like, in fact, it there was like a big sticker on the windshield of my Audi that we rented that said like no racing. Okay. And, you know, they were like basically even with like, you know, like that Audi has like GPS in it. Like if you you could theoretically take it on a tourist day, like there's nothing to stop you. You can go on with any car. There's no safety inspection. There's no tech inspection. You can go on with any car. You can go on. You don't have to wear helmets. Nothing. You can just go on and just drive a car with like five people in it. Um, if I wanted to, I could have had Marco in the back seat. Like, totally fine. Would I've probably seems not. So strange. Yeah, seems so strange. <laughs> I yeah. I was also asking about. I was like, oh, I wear like a Hans during my track days, and Tom was like, no, 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 we don't wear. He's like, you can't wear them. During a tourist day. He's like, you wear them during a track day if we're doing a track day here. He's like, you can't wear them during a tourist day because you can't 
he's like, they're worried about that. You can't check your mirrors enough because it okay. does restrict your movement a little bit. Sure. I'm like, all right, that's interesting. I think the only thing I would do differently now is if I had a chance at it again, is that I would do a actual track day and not a tourist day just because the tourist day was a little chaotic with the bikes. Like that's like, I was talking to the guy that was running the ring freaks when I got back. I was like, yeah, the bikes thing is a little crazy. He's like, yeah, I don't, he's like, the bikes is wild. He's like, if he's like, if it were up to me, I would not let the bikes on. He's like, cause it's not like you had the bikes like in the 1970s, like modern bikes are so fast. He's yeah. like, they don't really belong on the same track at the same time as, as cars. But it's funny. They don't turn much faster though. If not, if, if slower than anything, because yeah. they're not as, they don't have as much contact patch, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's do thin little strips. And literally the last session we went out, we're almost towards the end. We got a caution zone. It was because the bike was down. Sure. And you could see it down in the weeds and the guy was up, but he was holding the shoulder. You know, you got to wear full leathers, but you, you could tell he probably broke his collarbone. Yeah, more than likely. That's a pretty common motorcycle. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, that's. And then the track was closed for like an hour after that because they had to clean it up. Right. So that's the other risk of a tourist day is that somebody wrecks and it's just closed for an hour or two hours. Is, it, is there a big cost difference between a track day and a touring day? I don't know what a track day would have, would have cost because it's. it was interesting because I rented the car for 10 laps, but he's like, yeah, the RFID card is like unlimited. They must pay like per year for it or something. Um, it's kind of like a ski pass. The ski pass is like that now. They're RFID cards. Okay, meaning the car could go out whenever you wanted, but you only paid for it for 10 laps. I only paid for 10 laps. He's like, if you do more laps, he's like, I'll just charge you what the extra lap rate is. Okay. Like, I could have done more. But at but the end of 10, I was like, I'm pretty tired. Like, I, Right. And I'm losing concentration. It was hot because you, you had to run with the windows up because it was just too loud to hear with the windows down. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it was just like, you know what? I've had a good day. I haven't wrecked the car. It's like... 3 30 afternoon like let's just call it a quit right like just let's not do I'm that one, one more lap push yeah i'm ahead right now let's just keep it that way and the day ahead because the only way you lose it is you put it in the wall yeah which you don't want to do and honestly cost. you know 120 ish kilometers like that's a lot So of driving, you mean? Like distance-wise? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's 70 miles? Yeah. So, And it's every every two laps is, would be a session at a normal track day. Right. So you got a lot out of it, honestly. Yeah, a ton of seat time. Cool. And the crazy thing, something happens when you're when you're driving it the laps do not feel like they are about 10 minutes. It's, it's weird. goes by faster. It feels like it goes by faster. Hmm. Cause you're just, your concentration level. All you're thinking about is like, it's like corner, 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 corner. You're not thinking about anything else. And then it, it feels like it's like a two minute lap, but it's really like nine and a half. 
Well, as someone who still hasn't done a track day, you've done the ultimate track days, and uh, now I'm a little more jealous. I'm a little I'm worried. Jealous. I'm envious, but now I'm jealous. That my next track day won't feel as good, but... I'm sure it will, because you'll be able to apply things you learned in that car, plus you're back in your own car, you know, doing things at your own pace. I think I think it'll still be good. Yeah. I think it'll still be good. So, yeah, it was, it was very, very cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in that area. There's a lot of history. There's like, yeah, did you go to, like, oh, castles and stuff while you were there? No, actually. <laughs> oh. I, I meant, like, history on the track. No, it's it was oh. it was tricky with a three-year-old. We can only do so much, but. Sure. There is, like, older stuff that we probably should have. And, I don't know, in hindsight, maybe we could have stayed a couple extra days in that area. Um, Because it was pretty. We ended up. We went to Pliston House, which is Sabine Smith's family's restaurant. We had dinner there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we left the next day and went back to Frankfurt and went on with the rest of our vacation, which we, like, was, like, very anti-car, actually. We, like, spent it on trains and subways and... Oh, the only other we're in Belgium. We rented a Fiat 500 for one day to go to Bruges. Okay, that was a manual. That was funny. It was like a hybrid. I didn't know it was a hybrid. Like we drove like there, and most of the way back, and it didn't use any fuel. I was like, "What is going on?" I was like, "Why is this not using fuel?" And then finally, like we're like. 20 kilometers from getting back and it went down like two blips of fuel. So and how does the were... hybrid work if it's a manual? Was it just on electric or was it on gas? I, I, I don't know. It didn't feel like I mean, it had like start stop. Uh, I think because I was just like cruising the highway. Maybe it was using electric. I don't know. I had like the little gate. I'd like change the display so i could see it and like under under like coasting it would like regen and then just like driving like i'm not matting it because it wasn't very fast anyways you could see it like come out of the battery so maybe it was like mostly on electric and like barely using any fuel when i'm like it's interesting because i think the only hybrid manual the only hybrid manual we got here was a crz right i think so yeah yeah Interesting. I didn't know they did a 500 hybrid. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was a hybrid until we got to the place and we were in the parking garage and I saw the back of it. Yeah. And it was funny. We're like parking it and this like group of like older people are like walking by. They're like, oh, it's like a pretty, but they were like speaking French or something like, oh, it's a pretty car. They're like signaling to me. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, it's a rental. I don't know. It's not mine. Yeah. And it's a Fiat 500. It's nothing special at all. Unless it is special there. I don't think it would be. Seems like no, a there was like two other ones car. parked in the parking garage. It was weird. Yeah. But Strange. anyway. Um, yeah. And then it was like weird because it's gas. And we go to like, we go to the gas station. It's like close to the airport. And I go to fill it. And like the station is like, doesn't have any gas. Like the gas station is like unmanned. You just like swipe the card and pump, which is pretty convenient. But like, which is like here. Oh, I mean, like, like it doesn't even have like the displays that we have here. Like, it's just like a card reader and like a pump. 
And, like, there's not even, like, a booth inside. Like, completely unmanned. Like, just no, no, no person. Hmm. I um, guess you don't need a person, really, for most fuel transactions, so. No, you don't. But there was no gas. I was like, all right. Uh, I guess I'm just returning this and paying the fee because I don't know where else to get gas and I don't feel like driving around. Yeah, it's annoying. But I was like, how bad can two blips of uh, Fiat 500 be? What is that, a gallon? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Gallon? Uh, excuse me, I think you mean liter. Yeah, what was it like? Yeah, it might be a liter. I was like, I don't know. Cause, and then it was funny. Stephanie was looking at it afterwards. She's like, I don't think they even charge us for it either. We told them too. And she's like, I, don't, I think they just didn't care. I was like, all right, fair enough. So much, so, so not much fuel at all. They just don't care at all. Yeah. Whatever. Awesome. But, I know, again, you, you, you sent some neat pictures during the whole week you were there. I saw some cool car spotting, maybe in Amsterdam and some other places. And I don't even know what I saw. not car stuff. Amsterdam. Was that like a Buick? Uh, I know it's Caprice. It was a Caprice. Yeah. It was such yeah. a random car to see. I was like, whoa, what is like? Yeah, you sent a Caprice and you said the Citroën station wagon. So like I, that, I totally expected to see. Sure. And in fact, I saw another one. We were on a boat tour, but I didn't have a chance to take a picture. It was like we we're in the canal. I was looking up at it. I meant to take. I just didn't like get it quick enough. But like an 85 Caprice is not something I expected to see driving around the streets there. No, you wouldn't think so. That's definitely somebody who uh, is into that on purpose. Because it's like all bicycles with like a few yeah, that, cars. That, that takes effort. <laughs> I feel like, again, I've never been, obviously, but knowing that you've been and seeing pictures you've sent, and uh, our friend Ron has been a couple times, and in fact, he has cars that he goes and visits every time he's there to make sure they still exist. Um. He calls them his friends. He goes and gives my friends, and they're all Citroens and Sobs. Um, it seems to me, though, that like in a place like Amsterdam, like if you own a car, it's because you want to own a car, so you might have something yeah. more interesting. Like you yeah. don't need to own a car there, so if you want to own a car, you have a more interesting car. So that seems to be what I see from others' trips there. But I'd love to go because of that. I'd love to see. Just those random old cars, just city parked. Kind of neat. I would definitely go to Amsterdam again. That was a nice city. Yeah, I've heard even this nice. being a car focused podcast is just is just a nice city to visit. Sure. Yeah, it's on my list someday. We always talk about going to Europe, but then we're like, there's so many things we want to see in the United States too. That let's do all the U.S. stuff first, and then go to Europe afterwards. But who knows? different ways of traveling for different people, I guess. But anyway, it's awesome that you went. It's awesome that you had a good time. I'm significantly envious that you went on the Nürburgring. Yeah. Yeah, we did some high-speed trains. That's interesting, too. How high-speed is high-speed? Uh, certain sections, 180 miles an hour. Okay, that's fast. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. It's a cool way to travel. It's like... Because what happens is sometimes we go on vacation and I have to, we have to do like transit driving. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I'm on vacation. I don't want to drive. Like, it's annoying to me. Drive. I commute to work every day. I don't want to drive three hours of my vacation. Whereas most of my vacations are centered around driving. 
it depends. I don't like going to a country and just driving to drive somewhere. It's like, that's annoying. I'd rather take a train where I could actually look outside and like relax and hang out. I get you. I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like trains. What's wrong with trains? I don't know. I just don't like trains. I don't like anything I'm not in control of. I don't like passenger cars. Just give me a car. I don't like airplanes. Oh, a train is way better than an airplane. I just don't like any of it. Because at least a train, you're on the ground. Yeah, 180 miles an hour in a tube isn't going to get you much better than being on an airplane. Something goes wrong. I don't know. I just, uh, I have a control issue and I just enjoy. I mean, statistically, it's it's way more dangerous to be in a car. No, listen, I, I, I know all the numbers. I know I'm wrong. It's just a, uh, it's a mental thing. So. Like I, if I get nervous about getting on a plane, then I have to remind myself that you track days and it's way more dangerous. So it doesn't matter. But you're in control of the track day. You're in control of the car. That's my issue. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, I, I don't like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I'd, I'd much rather be in a car and, and I enjoy driving in new places. You know, I, again, I haven't been to Europe, but when I take a road trip, I enjoy driving around a new place and learning a new place and. I, don't know. I mean, it was a little weird because we were driving around. We were trying to like get to the ocean, so we like d- drove from Bruges like an hour to the city. But apparently, like everything's like you can't just drive up to like I was expecting like someplace like Revere Beach. You just drive like that, sure. <laughs> but it was not like that. It was like it's all private. a bunch of buildings and then a boardwalk. So okay. we're like driving, trying to figure out how to like get close, and then all of a sudden you're driving. And you're like, I don't think I saw signs that said no cars, but this feels like there shouldn't be cars here. And I feel like I'm driving in a pedestrian like mall. Right. Fiat 500. And I don't like this right now. So let's get out of here. So like, that's a little nerve wracking. Well, you didn't get arrested. So you're fine. No. We'll just wait for your ticket to come in the mail. The picture of your car driving down a boardwalk. Yeah, there was some speed cameras a couple places. I'm like not speeding so i don't think i should worry about it but we'll see what happens well can they enforce it internationally anyway well they go through the rental car company right but is there any kind of way to enforce it on you like if you got a speeding ticket in europe do you have to pay it i have no idea right there's no reciprocity between massachusetts and brussels so i think you're okay but unless you go back to Brussels, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Brussels or under arrest for something you did 10 years ago. Oops. Anyway, it sounds like an epic trip and uh, I'd love to get out there myself some year, but in the meantime, I will live vicariously through you. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably be fun to go with like people. Like a car specific trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it seemed like that was what the group that was there at the same time I was renting the other cars. Like it was just a group of like they're like English or Irish guys. Maybe it's like a bachelor party or something, I don't know. Yeah, it's something you can do if you live in that area, I guess. You know different than going go karting for us here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of English, a lot of French, a lot of locals, they just you know, just show up and drive. And then the other cool thing is uh, 
what I what I do maybe next time too is uh, Spa is not very far. It's just over in Belgium. It's maybe like an hour, three hours away. Okay. Something like that. So some of the companies that rent cars for Nürburgring will also rent ones to go to Spa. Oh, that's you cool. Do, you can do tourist days at Spa too, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that was an option. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Sweet. Yeah, I, I got nothing else. That was pretty much it. No, I, I don't have anything else. Like I said, I've been... I've been homesick pretty much. I mean, I've been like just working and sick and nothing and uh, haven't touched cars. So literally haven't touched anything. Just tried to work. That's pretty much it. I went to I went to four till four yesterday, Saturday, one of those days. Um, but that's as far as car stuff goes. That's been it. So nothing to report on here. I got to get some got to get some stuff going and get my uh, mental headspace better. All right, cool. Oh, I put the um, put the Q forty five on obscure cars for sale group on Facebook. I saw that neat little write up, kind of yeah. explaining what happened last time as well, which is good. In case there's any questions. Yeah, hopefully somebody buys it from me. Because I've I seen hope so. you've you've shared with me a couple of decent one four twos that are up for sale, and I'm like, ah, now is the time. It's time for Andrew to get a chrome bumper car. Mm-hmm. So, did you fix the wax on the G20? I did just the trunk lid. So today, because I had the day off, I um, I used the uh, chemical guy's stuff to strip anything off of the car. Okay. With the foam cannon, which seemed to work pretty well. Uh, and I let the paint cool off, so it was like 5 30 6 o'clock at night like in the shade like it was cool to touch like cold i tried the c4 stuff i think it's too aggressive for the car like like the car is not oh i clay barred the car too like the paint is not that rough so maybe it's too aggressive because as soon as the stuff even doing a small section as soon as that stuff dries like if you're not rubbing it off while it's still wet with the with the microfiber after buffing it, sure. it it's not coming off. It's really hard to get off, hmm. which is weird because I had the same exact, I had the exact like the opposite experience doing the silver paint on the Q. Yeah, because I've used that same stuff a bunch and never had an issue with it. It's very difficult to get off. So then I was like, well, I've got the P4, which is just the polishing compound versus the cutting compound. So I was like, well, let me try that. So I did sections of the trunk lid and then eventually the whole trunk lid. That stuff was coming off a lot easier after buffing, which is the microfiber. And it looks good. Yeah. Once you, I got it pretty good and then it would still leave a couple streaks after you're done wiping it off with the microfiber. And then when I did a coat of butter wax over it, it looks really good. So I guess I'll do that on the whole car. Yeah, I've just I've used I've used that same product on a whole entire car and didn't have the same issues. So just confused. I used it on the Q and didn't have any issues. So I don't understand. But I use it on a darker colored car. Like I mean the the nine forty four is not, you know, dark green like that car, but it's not silver or white either. Uh, it is not all single stage. Oh. 
the half the car has been repainted with a clear coat. So, so I was getting cloudy spots where it wasn't cutting. So weird. Yeah, I don't know. Not being there, it's hard to tell. So I don't know. It was just it's, it just seems strange to me. But obviously, it's not like you don't know what you're doing. So just it's very it's weird. Yeah, I'll have to. I just got. I ran out of time, and I just was like, uh, I'll just do the rest of the car, maybe next weekend or something. Sure. It's a small enough car. Yeah, once it's once you're going with the mechanical, it goes pretty quick, and then throwing a coat of wax on it is like nothing, like because it. Yeah, goes using on the rotary thing so fast but, takes like a third the time that it used to. I love it. But so much. I get it all stripped down; like there should be nothing on it, and even the the clay bar was barely picking up any material off of it. Like it was pretty clean coming off the the right the clay. So I don't know. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing it when it's done. All right, cool. So calling that an episode, uh, you can follow me racing anger on Instagram. I've, there are a bunch of people that are photographing tourist days while you're there at the ring. Uh, there's one website. It's like racetracker.de that like you can look, it's like really, really cool. You can look up like buy your car, the time you can let per corner. Like people clearly put a lot of work on this, like every day, like dumping photos from the day. Like sure, I don't know how people be- have, I don't know how people have the time to like do all the editing. Like it's crazy. Just also like um, Molly Taylor the Dragon, as photographers, you know, perched up different places. Yeah, but like I haven't looked at one of their websites in a long time. But this is even better than their websites were ten years ago. Right. Um. You know the pictures are like ten to like fifteen euros a piece, and I bought quite a few. I wasn't really counting on doing that, but I was like, you know what? Once in a lifetime, YOLO. Absolutely. Yep. Why not? <laughs> uh, so I, I have like 60 photos of myself. So I'll, I posted some of those already to my Instagram. That's where I was going with the story. So if sure. you're on my Instagram, there's pictures of me driving the Ring Freaks uh, GTI. And I've tried to tag where I can. It, the website tells me who the photographers are. So I've tried. I've looked basically all of them up on Instagram and followed them. Sure. When I post one of their pictures, I tag them in it. Um, Because some of the, like, quite a few of them are, like, really, really good. Like, they know where to stand. Like, there's one that's, like, the car, the straightaway, and then the castle in the background. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's cool. Yeah, it's super, super cool. Um, So, yeah, you can follow me there. I'm on Twitter, RaceNanger. We've got Out Off Topic Podcasts. On Facebook, Out Off Topic on Instagram. And Brad, where can find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. Oh, and right. Scale Autocast on Instagram as well. You didn't mention that? No, I didn't. So that's where they can find me most of the time. And the places Andrew said, Auto Off Topic as well. Yeah, and uh, we didn't plug the Discord yet, so come join the Discord. We have a lot of cool stuff going on in there, cool discussions. People would work on a lot of cool projects, sharing the stuff. It's cool. Yeah, Discord is fun. It uh, It's a good community. Really kind of brings together a lot of like-minded people in the car world. So enjoy it. All right. 
So, as always, keep cards analog and name for the roses. Mm-hmm.